Hi, this is Kimberly. Please enjoy our podcast, but remember our doctors are only here to educate, not diagnose. If you have any questions or need any further information, please email me. My email address is kim at mfwellness.org. Hello, everyone. Dr. Matt, Dr. Brad here, and Kim. Dr. Josh is consulting with a patient right now, so he'll be in shortly, but we wanted to get the ball rolling, uh, so to speak. So we're going to be covering the pandemic and the effects it has had on ergonomics. Now, we've kind of talked about this before, but the pandemic is still happening. Yeah. We're so, almost, almost two years in here. Yeah. We're still dealing with effects. We're seeing patients just recently, yeah. within the last two months, three months. Yeah. And lower, I mean, their lower necks are just destroyed. Yeah, because they thought, they thought and we thought that it would be more of a three to four month kind of thing. But it's more been like a year and a half and still working from home. And people don't want to go back to the office because they've been enjoying working from home so much. But they haven't kind of changed their office or changed how they're doing work. I don't know what's going on, but we need to talk again about proper stretching taking breaks, proper setup, especially if you're working at home. Hopefully at this point, if you've been working for almost two years at home, that you've spent the time to work on the ergonomics. But we're going to talk about that once again, just yeah. to make sure we're on, we're on the right track here. So what kind of things have you guys seen in the office recently? Disc issues in the lower part of the neck yeah. that, that we hadn't seen to this degree before. People are coming in as new patients. And 17, 18, 19 years we've been in practice. And we haven't seen the degree of disc herniation, like Dr. Brad was saying, or um, just forward head posture that's been going on. People complaining about feeling like their head's going to fall off, feeling like their shoulders are up past their ears. Just the kind of things that patients can complain about or, or notice while they're trying to live their lives. Yeah, and I would say along with that, going along those lines, we've had to refer more people out or MRI than I can remember in just this, this short period of time. And we just feel like it all traces back to people changing their daily lives. I would say we've sent out five people in the last little over a month. Yeah, there's, and the reason why we're doing that is because there has been no, there's been no progress with the case once the diagnosis is made. And so our job as chiropractors, myself, Dr. Brad, Dr. Danielle, Dr. Amanda, and Dr. Josh, our job is to figure out where the subluxations are, correct them, put the motion back into your spine, and then go from there. Along with the proper diagnosis, the implement of the plan is essential. And if that plan isn't going according to how we think it's going to, we need to refer you out. Yeah. And I think we're so, over the years, like you said, 17, 18, 19 years, we're so used to that plan yeah, working just great every and time. Then, uh, now lately, it's like, what is going on? Uh, but we, in through our consultation and history, we find out that a lot of it does have to do with improper ergonomics and just people not doing things the way they used to. And yeah, I wonder how many people are working like from their couches still. Yeah. So my wife now is working from home full time. Oh. And before when she was working from home or when she had to stay home because of whether uh, close contact or um, exposure or whatever, it was at our dining room. And that's not necessarily ergonomically kosher because 
you know, you're only going for two weeks, you're only going for three weeks, and then you're going back to work and no big deal. And that wasn't necessarily the best setup. Now she's moved into an office space inside the house. We set up her desk. We set up the proper ergonomics. So yeah, I'm sure that other people are exactly like my wife and they're trying to just get back to surviving working from home. This is probably a good time for me to kind of talk about you know, some specifics as far as ergonomics. I know I've done videos in the past. When COVID started, I've done videos. Uh, we've talked about in the past, but, and we'll, we always have handouts around that can, it's better to kind of visualize this, but I'll try to kind of walk, walk you through it verbally. Uh, the first thing is you really need, if you're working from home, you really need to have an actual office chair. There is a reason why uh, those are developed. If you're still using the couch, or even if you're using your kitchen table, usually that's not, set up height-wise for you to be on a laptop or a computer. So uh, first, that's the biggest thing. It's worth the investment in having a good office chair. The other thing with that is that gaming chairs are really supportive of your neck and your arms and your low back. So like... Those are even better than yeah. computer chairs. I know I several people yes. who use the gaming chairs as opposed to just a basic... Yeah, yeah that's that's what chair. that's what Sarah uses for her uh, office chair at home. Yeah, is, that thing. Is we have two purple gaming chairs. That's the way to go. Yeah, it's the only way to go. So and then so once you get the chair and you have a proper desk, that's what what we approach first. You want it to be set up to where we have ninety degree angles at, at different spots. So thighs down to the lower legs, about a ninety degree angle, maybe a little bit greater. We also at the elbow one approximately a 90 degree angle. It could be a little more, it could be, you know, I see some charts that say up to 120 degrees, but along with that, we want nice support for those arms as well. So for us, that's how we approach it first. And then we look at the monitor because you can always put something under that monitor. You know, a lot of monitors move up and down, but if you have to, you can always put something under the monitor uh, to raise it up. Because what we want, we want your eye level to be around the top one third of that monitor. And then along with that, you don't necessarily have to uh, measure this exactly, but we like that screen tilted to where the bottom part of the computer screen is about 10 to 20 degrees forward compared to the top of the screen. So we want a little tilt there, helps with glare and things like that. Those are the big things. And then if you have a standing desk or a sit to stand desk, really most things stay the same other than you know, that chair and that 90 degrees at the knee. We still want the arms in the, uh, supported and in 90 degrees, and we still want our eye level uh, at the top portion of that screen as well. What about people that have more than one computer screen and how they're going, how like three or four computer screens or two computer screens, how would you give recommendations on how they should set it up regarding looking forward, because all, one's always going to be down to your left or down to your right, and you're kind of going back and forth. What do you think? What's the best way to handle that? That that is tougher. Yeah, you know, I've seen some people with at least three screens, yeah. and then I think it's okay to be able to turn your head. But if you if you know you're going to be looking at the one particular screen for a long period of time, don't keep your head turned mm -hmm. that whole entire and time. Still, okay. make sure you're you know, you have a should have a swivel chair. Right. right. So if you know you're going to be focused on that one screen, don't have your head turned or cocked to one side for too long of a time. Actually swivel your whole body to face that way and potentially slide your keyboard as well. I know that can be a little more involved, but 
you don't want to necessarily be facing this and then having your, your keyboard in the other direction. So I just would make sure if you know you're gonna be facing one of those for a longer period of time, make sure you shift things towards that particular computer. Okay, so how would we best protect our wrist as we're typing and working at home, Dr. Brad? First, I think having that proper setup that I was talking about with the height of the chair versus the height of the desk and having those 90 degree angles, that will, first of all, that will help. But there's also keyboards that are developed to help with the wrist. And there's also keyboard pads okay. that you can place in front of the keyboard, the th what we call them thenar pads, mm -hmm. uh, the base of our palms or okay. our thumbs on that while we're typing. So there's tons of different options out there, especially if you're dealing with one particular issue or another, whether it's your wrist or your elbow or your whatever's going on. Um, but make sure you're talking to us about those things. We can uh, most likely point you in the right direction when it comes to different setups um, at your desk. Awesome. Okay, so we've kind of covered the ergonomic aspect and how to best protect your neck and your upper back and how to properly set up your home station. Now we're going to kind of go into the best exercises and what you can do for yourself. So one of the things that you can do is every 25 to 30 minutes, stand up, walk around for 15, 15 seconds, one minute, and really try to approximate your head to the top of the ceiling or to the sky, whichever you can visualize the, the most. Because we're telling patients and people, you shouldn't just try to stand straight or rigid. We want you to stand tall, okay? As tall as you can, because when you do that, it actually brings your neck in line with your shoulders and it forces your fingertips down. Think about a person that is standing nice and tall and their posture. They're gonna be almost regal in aspects. So shoulders back, head up, chin tucked in, and then when we talk about the chin being tucked in, we talk about retractions or neck retractions. And those are exercises that are designed to strengthen and activate the deep neck flexors. So if you can visualize this, take your fingers, put them on your chin in an upward way. You're going to actually bring your chin in or tuck your chin into your neck. And you want to do that slowly. Now, if you have any questions regarding that, we can we can help you out, no problem. But that's really a really good way to strengthen and activate the deep neck flexors. Yeah, we also have a good handout in the office that's basically just all office stretches. Yeah. So that's something we could uh, pass along as well. Another way to warm up and stretch out your neck is to actually position your hand on the side of your head, just one of your hands, and you're going to actually push your head into your hand just for about 15 seconds and then you keep your hand still and you turn your head the opposite way. What that does is it helps stretch out, it activates the muscle and then stretches out the muscle afterwards. What muscle? The muscle in your neck, the trapezius, the Please levator. show me because I'm interested. So this guy right here. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then when you go to turn your head away, you can actually position your neck in a way that gets the best stretch. You really want to kind of figure out where you're feeling the pull the most, because that's where you'll get the most stretch, right? That's called PIR or post isometric release. And you can do that with both sides of your neck and you should be doing that with both sides of your neck. Like okay? once an hour, is that what you said? The stretch should be, you know, once every hour, once every two hours. 
but the breaks, like the, we're, and we're just talking about mini breaks. Yeah, are every twenty five minutes or so, just yeah. to kind of like back away. Like, just isn't it good to reset your eyes too? Yeah, like if you're working. Look on the away. Computer? Look, you know, if you have something on the wall, like thirty feet, twenty feet away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. look at that for a little bit. And I know that sounds like quite a bit, but we're just talking about one minute to just yeah rest your eyes, sit back, make sure you have that good posture, mm-hmm. and. Uh, get back at it you'll actually you'll actually notice over a period of a couple weeks that you'll be able to refocus and get to task a lot sooner and more efficiently Mm -hmm. as you start doing these exercises at your desk and that's the big thing people think that they don't have time to take these little breaks but what research has found is that when you do take these breaks people are more productive throughout the entire day so and and really we're queuing in on less injury as well because less inflammation less static less stagnant positions uh get your body up and moving again and that's what really what bodies want is motion with the blood that, flowing too yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what joints need is motion to stay healthy now we've talked about the neck and a couple of different exercises for that there's a couple more that we're going to do for the neck and then we'll kind of hone in on the uh, lower back as well so two more exercises for the neck or things that you can think about is as you're standing tall or sitting tall, you can bring your shoulder blades or squeeze your shoulder blades together. And what that does is opens your chest cavity, right? Opens your chest up and then brings your scaps or your shoulder blades together. Now, if you've ever sat at a disc or if you have any um, injury in your upper back, you'll feel that burning right in the shoulder blade. You just want someone to dig in there and and release that shoulder. So when you squeeze your shoulder blades together, you're actually activating and deactivating the front part of your chest. So that will decrease pain and increase awesomeness. Oh. Yeah. That's what we all want. A straight increase (laughs) to awesomeness. The other kind of visualization is Brueggemann stretch. So that's where you stand up, face away from your computer, Put your hands at your side, open up your palms, yeah, thumbs outwards, and take a deep breath. And you want to visualize a string attached to your chest and pulling up at a 45 degree angle. That's right. Good job. Kim is doing it perfectly. So <laughs> and then it helps if you go, oh, uh, yeah, you sing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But what you're doing is you're open your, opening up your chest and taking a deeper breath while you do that. So more oxygen is always better for you. A uh, couple of the things that you can do for your, your lower back are pelvic tilts or just mm. rocking your Those hips. Those are great. Rocking your hips backwards and forward as you have a tall posture. We advise that for people driving a lot. In the you know holiday season like it is now, a lot of people are taking longer trips. So pelvic tilts are, are great for that as well. Yeah, the slower you go with the pelvic tilt, uh, the better. And you shouldn't try to force too far forward or too far backwards in your pelvis. And the, the best way to visualize that is just put your hands on your hips and you can feel your hips forward and feel your hips backwards. And think about creating a bigger curve in your low back, yeah. like arching that low back as you're se- seated. Yeah. If you're having a hard time visualizing that, you can lay on your back and do it. And that's the way to do that is you're just pushing your back into the table or into the ground. And then you're, you're pulling your back away from the table or the, or the ground. Another great easy exercise is to stand up walk away from your computer and keep walking getting motion in your low back creating a sense of separation from your computer 
and yourself is really important because you, it allows you to de-stress for a little bit. So getting up, walking around for a couple minutes, getting a good attitude, sitting back down, getting back to work. Though that's a really, really key point of staying happy. Now, most people that work from home are very, very happy. If we could work from home, I'm sure we all would. Kim's thinking about it right now. She's longing. Oh, is that true, Kim? Kim, you want to work from home? Sometimes. Oh my gosh. I miss my dog. I thought he was going to come and hang out with us. He's a lot. He's just too much. Yeah. Stressed out. Yeah, he gets stressed. I get stressed. It's just a lot. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I do have a question. Would trying to just touch your toes help with like low back while you're while you're seated or while you're standing? Oh, I don't know either. Any kind of warming up, any kind of exercise is good as long as you're, you don't have any other injury that you're worried about. Like if you have low back pain and you have numbness and tingling going down your leg, I wouldn't advise right. doing okay. toe tensions. But just getting up off your duff and <laughs> and walking around, getting the pressure off your butt. And if you, and if you feel like doing some toe touches or some lunges or some... Yeah, squats on the wall or something, that'd be totally fine. But just basically, as long as you just get up and move. And kind get, of reset all that yeah, down that's there. Right. Yeah. And uh, sitting, it just puts so much compression mm-hmm. on the low back. And, and if you're not sitting properly, that puts even more compression. That's right. And it overstretches certain muscles for too long of a period. So you just got to get up and move. Yeah, when you sit down, you're sitting on what we call the ischial tuberosities. And those are your butt bones. Well, attached to your butt bones are what? Your hamstrings. And down throughout your leg, the hamstrings are attached to the bottom portion of the knee and through the ankle. So when we sit for long periods of time, or if we don't get up, we are chronically shortening those muscles. So people that have low back pain are notoriously linked to have seated desks. And we have those hip flexors too, which you don't think about them being contracted, but while you're sitting, That's they right. are. And then they not only flex your hip, but they also, a few of those muscles attached to your lumbar. So that can also cause pain. Hmm. Yeah, so the other day, a patient was on the table and I was working on them. And as they were as they were laying on the table, I was, I was adjusting L1 and L2 and L3 and just working through and putting proper motion back into those discs. When I was doing that, they stated, I can really feel that stretch into my right shoulder. And they're like, why is that? So I was explaining to them that you actually have muscles that run from your butt to the top portion of your upper back Mm -hmm. the entire way and into your shoulder blade on both sides. Now that's kind of a, a, just kind of a visualization for people, but like everything is connected. Everything that we do here has an effect on other And that's the reason we don't just focus on one spot because we got to look at the whole body in general and figure out what the source of that source of that issue is. Yeah, that's why we take so. That's why we take our time and do the diagnosis and the consultation before we agree to accept you as a patient is to make sure that you're at the right place. So patients that come in here that are working from home, do you guys do like traction with them and then the wobble chair? Okay, so someone that's working from home, we will start with um, adjustments of the neck mm-hmm. and upper thoracic. Uh, we look at the musculature, make sure that their shoulders aren't up past their head. <laughs> and then we start with cervical traction, phase one. 
And then once we get to that and into maintenance, some people graduate early, yeah. but then we go to cervical traction phase two. And the kind of traction we're talking about, some of you may be visualizing like us pulling up on someone's head, traction that way. That's not the one, uh, the type we're talking about. We're talking about a traction that's meant to induce it has a, an air a curve uh, into your neck, that proper lordosis. You basically lay down on this Yeah, you lay down bubble. on your back. And yeah, yeah, we'll just call it a bubble. Yeah. It goes on your neck, helps promote that proper curve yeah. or mm -hmm. lordosis in your neck. And then yeah, wobble chair as well. Anybody who we can get into, you know, those therapies, uh, especially if they're if working they're uh, from working from home, we would want to eventually get them. Or just on. even people working at a computer, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're focusing on people that are working at home just because. It's new. Yeah, it seems new. to be that's yeah. The, yeah, that seems to be one of the sources at least yeah. of the issues we've seen. And then um, we talk about exercise with uh, shoulder retraction um, and then band work, a theraband yeah, work. Yeah, it's just a band work. Where if you're if you're a lot of the muscles in our body get tight in the front part, right? We talk about the pecs. We talk about the flexors that get tight more often than not, and the extensors are the ones that. Sh get left behind you know the the, the uh, rhomboids um and a couple of other muscles in the, the upper back we have some patients and we like we'll put our hands in between their shoulder blades and we have we tell them to to try to bring those shoulder blades together and some people just they try everything am they I can, doing it but am they, i doing they it cannot do it. they just don't have that musculature um built up yeah. so that's something we have to work that's what we uh, give those bands i see for. a lot of that with like new exams like new patient exams Dr. Josh will ask them to do that, and they just can't. They don't know yeah. how to use those muscles to do that. Yeah, yeah uh, We uh, the key word for that is the activation of the upper back muscles. So, But yeah, so TheraBand work with those and then proper posture. So there are three curves in your spine that you should have well-maintained. The neck curve, the upper back curve, and the low back curve, or cervical, thoracic, and lumbar curves. And so maintaining those curves will help your posture and reduce the chance of subluxation in your spine. So with a lot of this stuff, you know, it's easier when you're visualizing it. So like we mentioned earlier, if you have questions about this, if you have any questions, please email us at Kim at mfwellness.org. And for myself, Dr. Brad, Kim, Dr. Josh, have where, a good where is one. Dr. Josh? <laughs> <laughs> he never showed up. One thing, we only have one more podcast before the season ends. Oh my gosh. What are you going to get me for the last podcast? Kim. Are you, <laughs> Kim? Are you going to get me uh, Are you my secret Santa? Maybe. You'll never Ooh. know. You won't know until the 22nd. That's because she's not going to put any extra work in, is what she's saying. <laughs> we just drew secret Santas, and so. Yeah. It's going to be a buzz. It's going to be a hullabaloo. It's not a buzz or anything. It's going to be a hullabaloo. So, yeah. see you guys soon. A big thank you goes out to Hug Monster Sound for somehow allowing the doctor's voices to sound even better than they already do.